Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today to the JTP Church Podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message. If you want to share with us what God is doing in your life, you can write us at hello at jtp.church. If you would like to partner with us and make a financial gift to our ministry, you can visit us at www.jtp.church and make a donation. Now sit back and enjoy the message. Hello, hello, JTP Church. Seventh day of fasting, we're wrapping it up. What are you guys thinking of eating when you get out of here? What was that? Chicken and waffles. That's a good one. That's a good option. Well, with me being Argentine, you too? Chicken and waffles? It has to have to do with steak on my end, you know, being Argentine and get a big amen from Stanley back there. <laughs> Looking forward to lunch in a big way today. But before we do that, give me a few minutes of your time because even though lunch is important and we need to feed our bodies and all that stuff, and it's so good to eat, right? How many, how many praise God for food, right? Food is amazing. Another type of food that's very important too, and I think that God's up to something, and like never before, our ears need to be in tune with what God's trying to speak to us and trying to do in our lives and through our lives, even more importantly, during this year in 2021, and with all the craziness and all the stuff that's going on. I want to talk to you a little bit about something that's been stirring in my heart, and it's based on the word that God gave us for this year, which is what? What word did God give us for this year? Thank you. Thank you. You guys need lunch right now, it looks like. Influence. We're building on that, and I think that God has called us to focus our attention and to understand that we are called to influence. So this week, I took some time to look up some profiles of some influencers out there, some of the most popular influencers, and, and I realized that the person with the most followers on Instagram is actually Cristiano Ronaldo, and I think we have a snapshot right here. He has 252 million followers. That is a lot of people, 252 million followers. You know what that means? That means that um, if somebody wants to approach Cristiano and say, hey, listen, you have so many followers that if you just you know, take a picture with, uh, I don't know, uh, my restaurant's logo or, or this shirt or this brand, you know, I could sell a lot, but it's not that easy. You know how much he charges for every post, the one post, if, he, if you want to use him as a social influencer? $966,000, almost $1 million for one post. And then we, have, we also have um, Ariana Grande. She has 250 million followers. Uh, a post with her, if you want her to you know, be able to influence and, and promote your brand, just one post, one picture, one $975,000. And in third place, we have Kylie Jenner. Uh, Y'all know who she is uh, from the Kardashian bunch. 208, actually that was, I think, Thursday. Now, this morning, she's already at 209. She just added a million people, you know, just uh, two days. Uh, but uh, if you want to post, if you want her to promote your product or something or a service or a brand, $1.2 million for one post. How many of you would like to get paid that much for each post that you do on Instagram, right? <laughs> Wouldn't life be so different? But um, having seen that, I want to ask you guys a question. How many of you guys consider yourself an influencer? How many of you guys consider yourself an influencer? And if you were here in the first service, you can't participate. <laughs> um, I'm confident and, and I truly believe from God that I, my purpose here today is to be able to correct the way you look at yourself and the way you think about yourself. I want to speak to you today about the influencer's revolution. The influencer's revolution. And I believe with all my heart that every single person that God creates has the capacity and is called to be a leader. I believe that every single person is called to be a leader and to be people of influence. Everybody in here is a person of influence. And having said that, I want you to understand this. Sometimes we don't we don't have, we don't understand how powerful one word, how powerful one act of generosity, how powerful one conversation can be. Just, you have no idea how much, just a single conversation with a person, just a single word of encouragement of somebody that you can tell them, hey, you know, keep your head up. God is with you. Hey, don't worry what you're going through. 
God will make a way. Just a single phrase of encouragement or a single expression of love can change somebody's life. Something small can really make the difference in a person. I just heard Gabby talking about how in life group, you know, she had Daniela ask her, you know, what, from one to 10, how, you know, how, how big is your faith? And it was just a question, but, but it caused her to reflect and say, hey, really, how is my faith? What, and, and God uses sometimes things that we don't realize that we share with other people to be able to make an impact and cause a difference in people's life. And I want you to understand this. How many of you guys here in JTP Church consider yourself a follower of Jesus? Raise your hand. Follower of Jesus, follower of his teachings. Okay, all of you guys raise your hands. That's awesome. Uh, so you, you can't, as followers of Jesus, you can't imagine what just one word, one moment, or a generous expression of love can cause in someone's life. So uh, you know how many, you know why most of you didn't raise your hands when I asked how many of you guys consider yourself a person of influence? Yeah, of course, we were comparing ourselves to... I mean, Cristiano Ronaldo, Kylie Jenner, who have 200 and something million followers. Of course, I did that on purpose. Uh, but the, the other reason is because society nowadays is trying to redefine what an influencer is. And I went on Google this week and I found that an influencer, if you look at the definition, an individual who has the power to affect people's decision to buy a product or a service based on their authority, based on their knowledge, or relationship with their followers. So one of the things I tried to do this week is try to find a different uh, definition for influencer or for influence. And I realized that page after page after page, whatever website I go to, all the definitions revolved around this, about somebody that influences people to buy a product. And, and I think that social media has revolutionized and tried to even redefine what influence or what being an influence, influencer really is. So this is a problem for me. And it's a problem for people that are older than me as well because when we think about an influencer, we think about a teacher. We think about a coach that influences, you know, his, his football team, you know, encourages them and not only teaches them how to play with passion and how to, you know, leave it all in the field, but also teaches them how to be people of responsibility, young men of, you know, of, of honesty and integrity and stuff like that. I think about pastors also that God gives us the, the, the privilege of being able to share the word and teach people how to be better servants of Christ. So, you know, that's the kind of thing that comes in my mind when I hear influence and uh, what, what we are today, due to the influence of people, or we are, better said, today, what people have poured into us. The person you are today is a, is, is a reflection and a product of teachers that have really invested in you. Parents, uh, you've had uncles, if you had the privilege of having them, uh, that have poured into you. You've had coaches, if you're into you know, football or the arts and whatnot. Uh, people have poured into your life. Maybe you've had friends that have affected and, and actually influenced you. So uh, there's Sunday school. I remember growing up, I, I've been in church all my life, so I remember growing up, my Sunday school teacher, and I shared this a little bit weeks back. Uh, I used to love music, and I remember there was a person, Yolanda was her name, and I shared it with you guys, that I always used to watch her play the guitar in church. It was a small little church that my family used to go to, so that really impacted my life, and and. You know, wanted, it made me want to start into music and, and get involved in music. That's how I started playing the guitar when I was little. And uh, it's, it's, it's influence. Life group leaders, like Gabby was just explaining, they influence our lives for the good. They teach us how to walk according to Christ. And it also encourages us to be open and to be accountable to somebody and have community with, with people that are going to encourage you and help you grow together. So these days... This culture associates influencers with celebrities, with famous people, with artists. But I think it's time for us as a church to redefine, or, or not redefine, but take back from today's society what being a true influencer is all about. And to do that, I want you to go to the Word of God because He is the man. I mean, of course, everything that God establishes is truth and it's the way things are. This is the absolute truth. And God talks about that. I want you to go with me to Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. Uh, and the Bible says this, you are the salt of the earth. And I want you to turn to somebody close to you and tell them you are salty. 
<laughs> you are salty. Yeah, God said that. You are the salt of the earth. Listen, God is comparing you to salt. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But salt influences. And I know you guys, and I hate to do this. I guess that it's food is on our mind right now, right? It's always on my mind. Anyways. <laughs> Could you imagine eating a good steak without salt? Right? Oh, man. It's like, no. Like, you're going, one of my favorite restaurants to eat a good steak is Capital Grill. I love Capital Grill. Carly and I love Capital Grill. Um, and for special occasions, I mean, they, they have this nice ribeye that's called the Kona Crusted Ribeye. And uh, it's one of our favorites. So, Uh, imagine, I, I just picture myself that juicy steak and all of a sudden it has no seasoning. And we Latins know a little bit about seasoning, right? It's just not the same. It doesn't taste like, man, such a, such a great cut of meat. Such a, what a waste. You didn't put salt on it. Well, God says that we are the salt of the world. You see, salt influences taste. Salt is also used to preserve. When you put salt on something, it doesn't go bad. It helps preserve. It keeps it at its current state for a longer period of time. The Bible says that we're the salt of the earth. We're called to preserve the earth from going corrupt, from going bad. The church is supposed to do that. So everybody say, I am salt of the earth. Right. And we influence the earth. And then in verse 14, if you jump to the next verse, he says, and Jesus is saying these words, You are the light of the world. He's saying we are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. None or no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. And then it says this, because he's trying to apply this to our lives. In the same way, everybody say the same way. Let your good deeds shine out, not in, but what? Shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So God is comparing us first to salt, and then now he's comparing us to light. And the light is always put on top unless, you know, you have like a car and you want to have put some neon lights on the bottom to, for a special effect, whatever. But most of the time, light, the function is that so that we can see and it's always put on top so as a church God is telling you man look if you're going to be a light for Jesus if you're going to be a light of the world and you are because he said it we are salt we are light you're not going to put a basket so that people can see the light we have to shine bright for Jesus how many say amen so here's the problem here's the problem problem is that influence true influence genuine influence doesn't start with a platform And that's exactly what Instagram is. It's a platform. And a lot of people today, when they think about influence, thanks to Google and thanks to society nowadays, trying to redefine this word, they think that they need a platform. In order for me to influence people, I want to be an influencer. I'm a vlogger. I, want to, I have to have a platform. I have to be on YouTube. I have to start my channel. I have to get subscribers. I have to do this, right? And, and, and we need a platform. But true influence, listen to me, JTP Church, doesn't start with a platform. Influence starts with people. Influence starts with people. Raise your hand if you know people. Yeah? Right. <laughs> and if you, do, if you didn't raise your hand, you're just too hungry and you're just thinking about the steak. You, you lost, you know, I lost you at steak, right? At, at Capitol Grill or somewhere back there. But, but, um, but yeah, we are influencers. God calls us to be influencers. So uh, influence also is not always instant. Sometimes you're going to say something to somebody. And just because you didn't get the response that you thought you were going to get, doesn't mean that you didn't influence that person. Doesn't mean that that seed has not been planted in that person's life and that it's starting to become rooted and bear fruits. Influence also is not obvious. It's not always obvious. And I remember... Uh, a person that used to lead uh, worship a long time ago in our church. Her name is Daisy. And I remember that she used to work in UPS. And she had 
a friend called Maria that worked with her at UPS, and she would always share about Jesus. I was like, hey, Maria, when are you going to come to church? You know, do you know that Jesus loved you? He died for, uh, for your sins. What Daisy didn't know is that Maria was dating Eddie, and Eddie would sell drugs. <laughs> and Eddie sold drugs to Maria, and that's how they met. How cute. What a beautiful uh, love story. <laughs> and... Uh, and they were hooked on cocaine. They were hooked on, on, on a lot of stuff. And, and Daisy once got so fed up with God and saying, look, I'm, I'm just tired of talking to Maria. For years I've talked to her and I shared the love of Jesus and, and poker face, nothing, like nothing, nothing. Not even, okay, a tear, or at least thank you or nothing. And she got upset with God that day on her car. And she said, God, I'm never going to talk to Maria ever again. I'm done. I'm done. It's just not your time, or sometimes we start thinking this way. And, and well, to make the long story short, short, the day that Daisy said that was a day that they went to an event together and something happened. I don't remember what. This was a long time ago. But uh, Daisy shared Jesus, according to Daisy, for the last time to Maria. But as Maria was going home, Daisy was saying she's never going to talk to her again about Jesus, but uh, Maria was weeping in her car. And she felt that she couldn't handle it anymore. She was bound to drugs. Her relationship was about to, you know, collapse. She felt, she didn't feel joy in her heart. And that, the next day, when Maria went to work and saw Daisy, she said, listen, uh, tell me about the Jesus that you're talking to me. And to make the long story short, uh, Maria ended up worship, worshiping in the same worship team as Daisy. They converted Eddie was employed by JTP. Actually, he was our sound guy for many, many years. Beautiful couple, Marlene knows him. Uh, and, and just incredible about what God does. But what I want to just emphasize is that it, it's not always obvious. Influence is not always obvious. It's not instant. It's not instant. Just because you don't see the harvest or the end result, right, when you expect it right there and there doesn't mean that the root is not start it's not becoming rooted it's not starting to grow in on the inside just because you haven't seen the desired ending doesn't mean that your words of expression of love have not made an impact on people that's why church we can never stop encouraging people we can never stop you know talking to people about Jesus and 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 having compassion for those that are in need and, and reaching out and being of service to them you are a leader. I want you to understand this. You are a person of influence. And you can't imagine what God can do with just one word, one phrase, or one moment to impact a person's life. And I want to use the rest of the minutes that I have left and share with you a story that it's such a powerful story. This story inspires me. It motivates me, challenges me. The story is about a woman who none of us here would have ever thought that she was, she was an influencer. We would never see this type of woman and say, wow, what an influencer. No, definitely not. And uh, just to paraphrase it, because we don't have time to read the whole story, uh, Jesus is actually, as he used to do, he used to go from city to city, from town to town, and talk about Jesus, heal the sick, teach. And he, he's in the process of doing that. And, and he goes to a city where Jews just don't go. He goes to the city of Samaritans, Samaria. Samaria was a place um, that was composed of people that were mixed breed. They were Jews and Gentiles. And in the eyes of the Jews, the Jews considered uh, the Samarians subhuman, okay? Less than dogs. That's what a writer wrote, okay? So you could get an, an example of, you know, the hatred. Um, as a matter of fact, if, if, to get from one Jewish village to another, you had to pass by Samaria. But what these people did, they had to cross a river, go this way, and then come back just to avoid even stepping on their soil. So these people just really didn't get along at all. And Jesus, after he's, you know, done teaching in one place, he says, you know what, guys, um, let's go get something to eat. And he goes to Samaria. And I could imagine as he's walking and I could picture in my mind the disciples following him like saying, what is this guy doing? Does he, is, is he too into his thoughts that he doesn't know that we are in Samaria? He didn't see the, the sign that said border limit, welcome to Samaria. <laughs> I mean, what's going on with Jesus? What is he doing? But you know, obviously it's Jesus. You're not going to tell him. You're just going to stay quiet and follow him. And he just started 
walking and all of a sudden he came to a well and Jesus sits in the well and says, guys, you know, why don't you guys go on? I'm tired. Uh, let me just wait here. Jesus wasn't tired. He was just waiting for somebody. Why don't you guys go grab some pan con bistec, you know, <laughs> go, get, go get some food, you know, get us some food and I'll just wait right here. And the Bible says that as he's doing this, a woman passes by and this woman was Samarian. So Jesus starts talking to this woman. Just the fact that a Jewish man talks to a Samaritan is bad enough. But even in that culture, you know, that culture, women would cover themselves a lot. You know, men wouldn't uh, address women. I mean, back then it was very different. So the fact that also Jesus is talking to a Samaritan and a woman is just mind-blowing. So he sits in the well and the woman comes in the middle of the day. And you're going to understand why that's important later on. But he starts speaking to her. And when he starts speaking to her, she's in shock. She's like, what's going on here? Uh, you're Jewish. I'm Samaritan. What is the deal? I don't understand. And he's, Jesus uh, starts talking to her. And he asked her a question. He said, can you give me some water? And I want you to join me. We're going to take it up here in John chapter 4, verse 9. And the Bible says this, the woman was surprised. Everybody say surprised. She was shocked. I don't, I don't get it. What's going on here? For Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. And she answered Jesus and said, you're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? And look what Jesus replied. He said, if, I, if you only knew the gift God had for you, and who you are speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. Everybody say, living water. Okay, so now she's not just shocked. Now she's shocked and confused. She's like, wait a second. Well, what's going on here? Am I in a dream? Let me pinch myself. Uh, first he asked me for water. And now he's saying that, now he's offering me water. So which, which of the two is it, Jesus? Do you want me to give, you want to give me water or you want me to give you water? I don't understand what's going on. And she begins to think like some of us think sometimes. Well, you know, how can I give this man a water? I don't have a bucket. It's not, uh, the well is very deep. Where can I find this water he's talking about? And verse 13 says, Jesus replied to her, anyone who drinks this water pointing to the well right here, this water. Anyone who drinks this will soon become thirsty. How many of you guys had a drink this morning? Raise your hand. Yeah? Water, OJ. All right. You're probably thirsty already because this body, our body needs water. We need to stay hydrated. We need water. We can live without food for weeks, but we can't live past three days without water. Our body is made up of mostly water. We need it. We need to stay hydrated. Otherwise, our organs start malfunctioning. They shut down, and that's the end of you. So Jesus starts using what she came, in for, came here for. Remember, she came to the well to get water. And he uses that to be able to make her see that she has a need that she didn't even know she had. She has an internal need. Not just the water need of, oh, I got a drink because I'm thirsty. But there's something else that I need to satisfy and quench inside of me. You know, there's water that can satisfy that spiritual thirst of yours. Well, then I want that water. And in verse 15, she says, please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again and I won't have to come all the way over here to the well to get water. People didn't have water. They didn't have uh, a fountain in their house. They didn't have a sink back then. You literally, they, every town had a well and you had to go and labor and pull water out of the well so, and take it home. And sometimes this wasn't, you know, you had to climb mountains. There was a geographical place. You literally had to leave the house. It was work. It was work. So she says, look, if I could avoid all this, Jesus, tell me the way. I want it. I want it. I don't have to do this anymore. So then just Jesus does something interesting. He attempts to hint at her spiritual need. And then he starts giving her a clue as to who he could be. Because this lady's confused. She's like, you're a Jew. You're talking to me. I'm a woman. You're a man. I'm confused. I don't get it. And he starts prophesying over her life. In verse 16, 
he tells her something. He tells her, you know what? Go and get your husband. Jesus told her. And in 17, she says, uh, I, I don't have a husband. The woman replied. Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband. For you've had five husbands. And you're, you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. I mean, does anybody know here somebody that's been divorced five times? Anybody? I mean, that, that, was, that would be a big deal here. Like, you know, I don't know somebody that's been divorced that many times. Maybe Elizabeth Taylor? I mean, celebrity maybe? The, huh? Yeah? <laughs> right? But it's, it's not, you know, it's not an everyday thing. But in this society, I mean, that's just like unheard of. Five men. Five husbands. And now you're living with a guy that's not even married. I mean, this is totally counterculture to what she's living with. For you have had five husbands and you're, you're not even married to the man that you're living now. So you certainly spoke the truth. Sir, the woman said, you got to be a prophet. This lady's now, <laughs> she's perplexed because he's talking to her. He's a Samaritan, Jew, uh, man, woman. And now on top of that, he's telling her her life story. I mean, who in the world is this? You must be a prophet. You could think that Jesus maybe is being a bit aggressive course we know god knows all things but i mean jesus why didn't you just you know not say it that way you know and at first glance you could probably say that jesus was being aggressive and judgmental but i don't think that god i don't think that jesus was being judgmental i honestly think that jesus was just trying to love her and he was trying to focus focus her eyes on a water that she really needed because she was trying to satisfy something inside that, that was empty with men, with husbands. This guy will make, the first two were jerks. This guy cheated on me. This guy, you know, he was a domestic abuser. He would, but this is the one, this is the one. The third one came and went. Next, four, five. And, and she was trying to satisfy happiness or something. And Jesus is trying to, love on her and show her that what she needed, he had. And the way I see it is that, you know, Jesus looked at her different. If you look close, you'll notice that in the words that Jesus says, he never condemned her. Did you guys notice that? He never condemned her. He said, you, five, five husbands? Oh my, I would have forgiven three, but five, you're going to hell. No, he never said that. He never said that. He never condemned, not for a minute. No condemnation. The people of Samaria, people that knew her, knew her as the immoral woman. And I could imagine that uh, the men, when they were going, you know, and, and they were walking in city center, right? Or they were just about their business and they saw her pass by, the men would probably come and, hmm, she's been with, hmm, 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 and hmm, hmm, and God knows who many who else right and I imagine that when you know husbands and wife were walking or doing grocery shopping and stuff and they they would just see her I could imagine wives just grasp their husbands <laughs> securing their bag right it's like hmm, don't even dare look that way right yeah because she was she had a reputation but Jesus looks at her differently and I want you to get this Jesus looks at her differently doesn't judge her, doesn't condemn her. Because let's be honest, who here or who do you know in life that their dream in life is, God, my dream in life is to have five failed marriages and to finally live with one without being married. Who, who does that? Who thinks this way? You don't, you don't plan life to go that way. Stuff happens that you end up this way. And we don't know how she got to this place, but you know what I think? I think that Jesus knew her backstory. And, and we don't hear it in the Bible. It doesn't say what kind of a woman or, or what led her to get to this situation, but I'm sure Jesus knew. And, and I think that perhaps, you know, maybe her father was abusive. We don't know. Maybe her dad abused her, or maybe she didn't have a father and was trying to find a, a paternal uh, role or identity as she went from man to man without having her needs satisfied. Or maybe her first boyfriend got her pregnant. 
and then left her. And she finally found herself trying to raise a child on her own. Or, or maybe her first husband would abuse her and she never developed a healthy self-esteem. I don't know what the story is, but where we see an immoral woman, Jesus saw a miracle ready to happen. And that's what I love about Jesus. That when other people probably, you know, point at you for your flaws and for your mistakes and for... Jesus always sees a miracle. He sees this, this, is, this could be big. To the point that he stopped everything that he was doing and went to Samaria, sat down and waited for her. This is Jesus, the king of the world, right? All right, you should be, you should be the one waiting on Jesus. But no, Jesus is waiting for her. It's like it was planned. He purposed that this, I'm going to do something for this woman because she's been hurt so much and she's trying to find it in the wrong places. But today, I'm going to offer her the water that quenches every thirst that only Jesus can offer. So Jesus saw somebody that could benefit from that water that he's offering. And let me tell you, if you came to JTP today and you're not very proud of, you know, something in your past or you think that if others found out about your true identity, then people would just start talking. As with Jesus here at JTP, there is no condemnation. We don't believe in condemnation. Only love in outstretched arms because that's what Jesus did for us. How am I going to condemn somebody when Jesus never condemned me? And, I, and he had the right to. So I'm a sinner, right? So here we believe in that and believe in, you know, loving people just as Jesus showed love to this woman. We all come here with something in our past, but we meet Jesus and become a miracle and a product of his transformation. And you guys are testimonies of that. We all are. When you experience the true grace of Jesus, he accepts you as you are and offers us living water, which we don't deserve, and it satisfies the thirst that you have inside. Now check this out. Look what happens. Jesus starts expressing his love towards her. And in verse 28, he says, the woman left her water jar. That's what she came to do. All right? And, and I want to, before I keep reading this, just understand this. The Bible says that she's doing this. She went to go get water in the middle of the day. Nobody would do that. The middle of the day is when, it's, when the sun is the strongest. You know what I think? I think that this woman would wait because everybody would go in the evening when it's about to go you know, down. You know, you know people running around your block? When do they run? Like right, right when the sun is about to go down. Nobody goes in the middle of the day unless you're, you, know, you really want to work up a sweat. But most people go, you know, 7 o'clock. Now that it's getting dark earlier, 6 o'clock. Or really early in the morning when it's starting to dawn. But this lady went to get water in the middle of the day. Why? That means she has to carry a jar, go up a mountain probably, and then get water and then have to put it on top. That's work. But she wanted to do that because she didn't want anybody to see her. She was ashamed. She didn't want anybody to cross paths and say, hmm, there she goes. There she is, the immoral woman. So she was trying to do it in the middle of the day so that, you know, nobody's going at that, same, at that time. So I just want to get this over with and just go back home and live my life not having to deal with anybody. So understanding that, when she sees Jesus and she has this whole conversation, she says, or the Bible says, the woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. You guys got to see this. So notice, she goes to do this water uh, job, water situation in the middle of the day so nobody could see her. But something switched in her life. Now she wants everybody to know something. What happened? What happened inside of her that now she just switched and she tells people, look, this guy told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village, not streaking, right? streaming from the village to see him. They came, ah, what's going on? Who is this? Could he, could he be the Messiah? Could he be the Messiah? So I want to wrap this up right now and I want you to understand this. What is the story telling us? What is God trying to tell you, trying to tell me, trying to tell us as a church about the story? How is this relevant for us today? January 10th, 2021. How is it relevant? Well, this broken, 
hurt, sinful, marginalized woman instantly became an influencer. Look how crazy this is. Was she perfect? Far from perfect. Was she sinless? Heck no. But she encountered Jesus in a matter of minutes, in a conversation, and her life gets turned upside down. She receives this water, living water, and she understands that now she has a purpose, that there's no condemnation that what she really needed and the reason why she probably even had five failed marriages was because there was something inside that she was trying to fill with men or fill with so many other things that the Bible doesn't say, but until she came to Jesus and finally had that living water, now she's like, yo, guys, everybody, the whole town, you need to know what you need to come and see this I, I i don't know i don't know how else to say it. you just got you gotta come and see it for yourself because there's this guy i think he's the messiah and she starts becoming an influencer her story is proof that you don't have to live a perfect life to make a difference for the glory of god you can start now jtb church you can start today you can start the minute you walk out those doors into the mission field because that's what, that's what the world is now. There's a lot of need. There's a lot of people hurting. There's a lot of Samaritan women in Doral, Samaritan men, Samaritan youth, maybe not with five failed marriages, but with a lot of other type of failures and you have the living water that Jesus offered you and it's meant to be passed on, not to just drink it all up yourself. And this story is proof that you can start now. Listen, one expression of love, one moment of grace, a word of encouragement. You know, you start seeing people's, people that are in need differently when you're, when you're finally, when your need gets satisfied. And what you want to do is share this and say, look, this is what Jesus did for me. He satisfied me. He healed me. He delivered me. I was, I was doing this. I was bound to drugs. I was, and, and, and he did it. So I want you to have it. That's the natural reaction. We become instant influencers. You can't imagine how God can use you to influence someone towards Jesus. You don't need a theology degree. You don't even need to finish the next steps, although you need to finish the next steps. But you don't need to do that in order to become an influence right now when you go out and order something uh, at the restaurant or at the fast food drive-up window. No, you just need to have that that experience that she had. You just need to experience his grace and goodness. Despite what they said about her, she cared about people enough to share the grace and goodness of Jesus. She no longer cared about what they might say about her because something just satisfied her and said, this is what I've been looking for all my life. I'm complete now. Jesus completed me what no man could have done. Jesus completed me now. So right now, I, I could care less what people say about me. I am I'm happy. I, I got what I need, what I needed. In John chapter 4, verse 39 now. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I did. Why did the people believe? Why did the people believe? Hello. Okay. Because of what she said. It's in black and white, y'all. It's not too, it's not a difficult question. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. So it's what the woman said. Listen to me. And we're talking about influence today. We're talking about the revolution of influencers. You need to open your mouth. You need to share Jesus with people. What is it that you share with people? Because the Bible says, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth is going to speak. All right? So if there's crap in here, crap's going to come out. All right? If, uh, if you're just passionate, your God is sports, sports is going to come out. There's nothing wrong about talking about sports. I love to talk about sports. I, I'm a sports fan but I don't love sports more than Jesus. I mean, whatever's inside of you, it's going to come out. 
So she was filled of this living water and she's full of it. Obviously, what's going to come out is, Jesus, come. You guys got to see this. I met Jesus. So the next time somebody comes up to you, or like today, ask you, are you an influencer? Do you consider yourself an influence? What are you, you going to say? Yes, you can't think twice. I'm an influencer. God called me to influence. God called me to influence my generation. God called me to influence my school where I go to, where I study or, or the place where I work. God called me to influence. I am an influencer. I'm determined to be a blessing to someone today. I'm going to have an answer to somebody's, somebody's question. Why? Because the Holy Spirit lives in me. Because I got that water inside of me, that living water. And I can't contain it. It jumps up and it, you know, it pours on onto other people. It's It's what I'm destined to do. His anointing is upon me. His grace covers me. His love restores me. I want you to experience and know His power and grace. And the Bible says if the Son sets you free, then you are free indeed. And I believe that in that moment, in that conversation, one conversation that Jesus had with this woman, she was set free, delivered. And instantly she became an influencer. So, Going back to verse 39, Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. And when they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. Jesus, please don't go. We all need this water. Wasn't that amazing? So he stayed for two days, long enough for many more, everybody say many more, to hear his message and believe. I believe that in the next couple of days, God's going to give you opportunity to be of influence to other people. And they're going to be so hungry that they're going to tell you, look, don't, don't, don't go, don't go. Don't go, wait, stay, stay with me. Would you be willing to put off your plans, your personal plans, to be of influence to other people and to be able to share living water? Because sometimes we're so wrapped up in ourselves and we're so structure that God can't use us because we're just and Jesus sure he had plans and wanted to do things but he said he stayed for two days long enough for many more to hear his message now I want to ask you who did God use that day who used did he use a celebrity did he use a sports star did he use I don't know uh, an artist who did he use he used a woman She wasn't a celebrity. She wasn't an Instagram influencer. She wasn't a vlogger. We don't even know her name. We know her as a Samaritan woman. That's it. She didn't have it all together, dysfunctional, but she was simply loved and transformed by Jesus. That's it. Simple as that. And that imperfect woman influenced many because, get this, she had been changed. See, when you you allow the Holy Spirit to change you, something happens on the inside and you're not the same person. The Bible says you are a new creation. You are a son of God. And others may see you and say, but last week we were out partying and and you were were drunk. I had to drag you into your lift so that they could take you home. You were, you're wasted. You? Yeah. Yeah. This woman, five minutes ago, she was an adulterer. She was living with a man that wasn't even her husband. But Jesus came, didn't judge, didn't condemn, changed her life. She received the living water and instantly she became an influencer. So I asked myself, how could we have known God for so long? Weeks, months, years, decades, and not influence. Could it be that we never knew God? Could it be that maybe we just settled for a religion and just coming to church and listening and, uh, and it's just a bunch of rites without any life in it? And if that's the case, well, God doesn't judge you. He doesn't condemn you. It's just a matter of you finally making a decision and saying, God, I want to know you personally. Give me of that water. I need that living water so that I can never be the same man. And I want to tell you today, you can't even imagine what God can do through you. You can't. You can't even imagine what God can do with just one word, with just one encouragement, uh, an act of generosity. You can't. You don't know how far it can go. And God wants you to know today that His hand is upon you. 
He wants you to know that he's for you. He's not against you. And you don't have to read the whole Bible. You don't have to memorize an entire chapter. If you have been touched by Jesus, you just can't imagine what one word, one gesture can do. But remember, influence is not always instant. Influence is not always obvious. In this case, it was. It was right then and there. The lady received the water, went and told. She saw it. She saw the people come. But sometimes the words that you tell people, the acts of generosity, just like Daisy and Maria example that I gave you earlier, true life stories, sometimes it's going to feel and even seem that it's just a waste of time. But no, no. The Bible says that when you sent out his word, his, his word will never come back empty because his word is alive. When you speak to people and you, give, you share the word of God, that word, it's alive. It goes inside the heart. It changes things. It shifts things. It, gets, it, it, it does something inside in the spirit of that person. And you might not notice it right then and there, but something's happening. So we can include, we, can, we can't stop speaking about Jesus. We can't stop being enough influence because that's what we were called to do. And I'm, I'm done here, but before I'm done, and before we get ready to enjoy our lunch, our well-deserved lunch, <laughs> let me remind you, JTP Church, you are the salt of the earth. It doesn't say you will become. It doesn't say some of you are the salt. Pastors and people that are ministering in the No, 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 no. If you consider yourself a Christian, a follower of Jesus, and I asked that in, as I started and began today speaking, and all of you raised your hands. Followers of Christ, yes, me, yeah. Well, Jesus says, and this may be a wake-up call to you, you are salt of the earth. So if we are salt, we're destined to salt. And if you haven't, you're not, you're not accomplishing your mission. You are salt of the earth and you are light. So God compares his church with these two things that are of great influence. So this is our challenge this year. This is our challenge this year to be influencers. And I want to welcome you officially to the revolution of the influencers. This is us. This is what we're going to be. This is what we are called to do. And I want to ask you guys to stand on your feet. And the first thing I want to do today is I want to offer the same thing that Jesus offered this woman. Because maybe there's somebody here and it's true, you can't be an influence if you don't have the water of life. And this is not just for people that came for the first time. If we have any friends that are here and that are new. This is just for anybody that realizes that there's stuff that's they're still missing. You feel that there's more, but there's there's an emptiness inside of you and, and you could try to satisfy that with drugs, with women, with, with guys, you know, with, with anything that this world offers, but it's, it's not going to do any good because, you see, there's a space in your heart that only God created for Him to fill it. Nothing else can, there's no substitute. And today, just like Jesus came to that woman, I believe He's here today, even though we can't see Him, and He's offering us that. He's offering us living water. So I'm going to ask you guys to close your eyes. And if there's anybody here that wants to open their heart to Jesus and say, God, I want that water. I want to be transformed. I want, I want God. I want you to come live inside of me. The Holy Spirit guiding me, directing me, helping me in my life. Hey, I, I need this. I want to become an influencer to other people. But I can't influence others if, if I don't have this living water. What is it? And, and, and she was confused and maybe... Maybe you were confused, but sometimes you don't have to know it all. You just have to be willing to receive it. So if there's anybody here that would like to open their heart and say, God, I want to start this new year differently. I want to open my heart. I want to be an influencer. I want to be able to help people, show them your grace. And not, not just with words, God, but with deeds, with, with power, with miracles, with wonders. Because you give that to us, God. You give us access to these things God so if that's you and you want to give God a chance at the count of three I want you to throw your hands way up in the air one two three where are you and if you're watching us online as well God sees you I see your hand I see your hand 
and at home, God sees your hand. And I'm going to ask everybody here to say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I want that living water. And I'm not leaving until you give it to me. Forgive all my sins. Wash them with your mighty blood. Forgive me for every one of them. And from this day on, I confess you to be my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm ready right now to become an influencer for the glory of your name. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's go. That's probably how long it took with the Samaritan woman. Just a matter of seconds and that sit she was leading her whole town to Jesus. I wonder who you're going to lead to Jesus. Maybe family members. I wonder how you're going to start influencing and where, you know, wherever God takes you. And now I want to pray, now that we're all on the same slate, in the same place, now that we're all with that living water, I want to pray that God gives us grace and direction to be influencers wherever God sends you, wherever you do life, wherever you go to school or work or, or do whatever you do, that there you could be influence for the kingdom. Father God, thank you for this opportunity because not only do you call us and, and, and clean us from all our sins, God, no matter how bad it's been, God, you're a God of second and third opportunities and we thank you so much. And God, now that we just prayed for this, God, and, and, and many of us here opened their hearts so that living water could come in and just get rid of all that stagnated water that was inside of us. God, we thank you, God. And, but we don't want to just settle and, and enjoy this living water and enjoy you living inside of us for ourselves. God, we want to share it with the world because that's what you did. God, and I pray that you give us boldness, that you give us direction, God, so that we could just like this woman did, just start screaming from the rooftops, God, and telling everybody that we know that Jesus is the way, that Jesus is the only hope, that Jesus is the, the life, that Jesus, uh, Father, is the only way. I pray, God, that you give us, Father, boldness to be able to do this, God. Remove any shyness, God, any fear, God. I pray that the Holy Spirit will take over and wherever we do life, God, wherever you have us serving you, God, whether it be at school, at work, and in our neighborhoods, God, when we're doing our nails, when we're, God, getting a haircut, wherever we are interacting with people, God, that we would always share the goodness of your word. We thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on. Where are the influencers of JTP?